Our opening screen is split as our shadows are mostly separated at the moment, and almost all of them seem to have some task at hand. Alistair can be seen working on readying the components of a ritual, Victor driving to his aunt and uncle, Jeremiah setting about his mission to figure out where he is and how to get the needed ashes of a saint, and Alex beginning his hunt to recover Dinah. Silk, in his usual fashion, is cool, calm, and collected seemingly around more for the entertainment of the matter than anything else. So, who wants to start out today? Oh, what the hell. Right. So Alex, being the stalkery kind of person that he is, once he used his web to find out that Jeremiah was involved with Dinah Simmons, he didn't obviously stop there. So first things first, Alex is going to just try and call Dinah. I don't think he has ever talked to before. The phone rings a couple of times and you hear it connect. And have you ever actually talked to Dinah? No, but I feel like Alex, again, given that he stalks people professionally and has been doing this for at least, you know, a hundred, right? <laughs> like 150 years. Yeah. I feel like he's at least familiar enough to recognize if this is not her. Yeah, it is most assuredly not her voice that goes, hello, Dinah's phone. And is Miss Simmons available? Mm, depends on who it is that is asking. My apologies. My name is Alex Giroux. I run a bookstore up in Point Claire. A bookstore. Interesting. Well, Miss Simmons is a little occupied at the moment. I can take a message if you'd like. Oh, no, no worries there. I was actually just going to be dropping a few things off. I thought, I'm sorry, to whom am I speaking? You have me at a disadvantage. My name is Nisanya Badim. I see. And would you be able to pass a package along to Miss Simmons or I to deliver it to you? I assume you're some sort of aide. I mean, she's answering her phone, right? Roll to mislead, distract, or trick someone. I can fail that roll. I mean, you fail every roll, don't you? Historically. Yeah, that'll be a six. <laughs> mm. I could possibly have an associate take the package for her. You get the feeling that whoever, that Nisanya does not quite buy this whole package thing. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, wonderful. 
And where can I meet them? At Shadydale, just outside of the nature reserve. Delightful. I appreciate your help in this matter. I'll be there shortly. And Alex is going to hang up the phone. Alex is not, in fact, going directly to Shadydale. Uh, Alex is going to go to Jeremiah's apartment, which is where Jeremiah said that he had last seen Dinah, to do a little snooping around. Let's see. Okay, because you left Alistair's, and Alistair's place really isn't that far from Jeremiah's, I think. Yeah. Jeremiah, how quickly would you have gone about leaving your apartment? Very, very quickly. All right. We will put a pin in Alex's scene then as we get that shot of him heading towards Jeremiah's. Let's check in with Victor. So, Victor, you're heading to your aunt and uncle's, right? I have names for them. Yeah, Victor, when I FK. This never fails. Fine. But Jeremiah was like, no, not me. I need to figure out who I'm getting ashes of a saint. The tomes chick would probably have some. Sharp teeth might have some. Could always try Celia Mendoza. I need to mark wild, so let's go with sharp teeth again. I like that goblin. Like, didn't I just see you? Like, (laughs) no, I guess that was yesterday. Could always try Midnight Roses. I'm sure Midnight Roses has them. (laughs) No on that. All right, let's hit the streets and try and find sharp teeth. Go back to the bridge he's living under. So we get that shot of Jeremiah then heading to go find sharp teeth. Oof. That's a seven. All right. So on a hit, they're available and have the stuff. On a seven to nine, choose one. Whoever you're going to is juggling their own problems, or whatever you need is more costly than anticipated. And that's never advance. All right. Well, Jeremiah's got his guns. Got my bug out bag. He's got his car. Do his best to maintain the speed limit as he goes heads towards Sharp Teeth. All right. So, Jeremiah, you pull up to the bridge that you know Sharp Teeth can be found at. And, you know, last time we were here yesterday, all of his stuff is in trash bags, but it was like organized chaos. Today, it's just descended into pure chaos. It looks like his stuff has all been rifled through. He is actually on a cell phone when you pull up, talking angrily in a language that you don't understand. It's everything has just been strewn about, and he's trying to collect it up while also yelling at whoever it is on the phone. How do you approach this situation? All right, so Sharp Teeth got robbed also. Which means Jeremiah is going to jump to conclusion that Nisander is still hitting people in the arcade network. Jeremiah's not really in a mood to wait around. So he's just going to like barge up to Sharp Teeth. Sharp Teeth! Sharp Teeth! I, I, oh. Jeremiah, friend, old boy, old pal, buddy, old whatever. What can I help you with today? I need the ashes of a saint. Apparently, it doesn't matter which saint, just I need some of their ashes. Well, I had those. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can get those for you, but I... And he just gestures wildly towards the mess that is his stash. I don't have the first fucking clue where they are right now. 
and I'm not really in the mood to be all nice and polite about it. So unless you have something that's really going to convince me to put this on top of my list, you're going to have to wait a little bit. Jeremiah's going to light up the cigarette. Uh, okay. I think we're going to do a roll to figure out sharp teeth. All right, go ahead and roll with mind. Oof. I have a plus three in mind. A six. Yep. All righty, all righty, all righty. What do I want to do? Going great already. So Sharp Teeth can tell that, like, you're trying to figure him out. And he is not about it today. Like, Sharp Teeth is normally, like, a very friendly, congenial type. And it's just not there today. Theft is one thing that Faye do not take too kindly. And he is really not happy about it. And he just kind of like turns on you, hissing a little bit and more of that. He's like leaning into his goblin nature more than this human form that he tends to maintain. And look, pal. You've always been decent to me, and I understand that you and I have a good working relationship here, and that is the only reason why I'm not shoving you into the street right now. What I will tell you is that word on the street is that you and your little girlfriend, fiance, whatever she is, are the ones who've been doing all these hits. And while I don't think it's you, because then why the fuck would you be here? I'm not really in the mood to play nice. All right, what if I get the bastard that robbed you and bring him back? You know what? You do that, and I will gladly give you whatever you need in return. Do you have any information to go on? I would like to pipe in here. Go for it. That you do know who stole from you, Jeremiah. You know that it was Quinn because I found them for you. And you have their true name. That's true. I do have that true name. I don't know. I just told you what the word is on the street. You got some shit coming your way, friend. Uh, Do you have a mirror? He gestures towards a conveniently broken mirror that's been strewn aside on the ground. Uh, All right. I'll be back. I'm going to be holding my breath, friend, but if you say so. Uh, jeez. Okay. Where can we... Does a window count as a mirror? For these purposes, not really. Now, like, we have seen on screen that the rearview mirror of a car has worked for this. So it's not like you need, like, a really large mirror. All right. Jeremiah will get back in his car, adjust his rearview mirror, and try and summon Quinn again. Because that worked out so well. It did. Roll to let it out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There you go. All right. That is an 11, so I'm going to... Hit, choose one, and mark corruption on a 10+. plus. You can ignore the corruption or choose another from the list. Let's go ahead and pick two, so I'll mark that corruption. Let's take a plus one forward on your next roll. Let's take a definite hold of something vulnerable or exposed. Okay, so we get that shot of Jeremiah true naming Quinn into the mirror, and the mirror, it looks like it fogs up. And then it's like a little chibi Quinn basically appears on the mirror. Have you and Quinn talked yet? This is the first time we're talking. Uh, hello? 
<sighs> Whoever you are. You should know who I am. You just true named me. Yes, but I don't like pronouncing that. Mostly because it's really fucking hard. No, that's fair. You're the one who stole my shit. And apparently your little club has just hit a dear friend of mine. Sharp teeth. I'd heard that he got hit, but I wasn't the one who hit him. And who did? The one who forced me into hitting you and doing those other robberies. I don't quite know what her name is. She's, it's, you can talk about my name being hard to pronounce. Like hers is, human names are weird. But yeah, she, she was the one who orchestrated that one. And you were the last hit that I did. I paid my debts. I paid my due. So. Where does his stuff go? That depends on if she had buyers lined up or not. Some of your stuff went to the chick in the big fancy mansion. Let's see. Sharp Teeth has a lot of, like, Fae stuff. I don't know. Maybe Cassius? Uh, or the, the, the wolves down in the Shadydale area. They like Fae shit, too. Okay. All right. You can fuck right off now. Rude, but thank you. <laughs> Quinn disappears before you can say anything about that. Oh, I gotta find where Cassius lives. There's somebody who knows that. That you know. Do I know that he knows? I mean, you also know a fae. Yeah, but last time I checked, Cassius and Sharp Teeth weren't on great terms. And I could, uh, I could ask Silk, I guess. Let's call Silk. Oh, Jeremiah. Um, fancy hearing from you again. Yes. Where does Cassius live? Mm, somewhere in St. Fleur, I do believe. That is incredibly non-specific. Bah, whatever. Do you know where his actual address is? I could find that information for you. I happen to know someone that has recently visited with him. Was it this morning? Time's weird. Yeah, it was yesterday. And why are you uh, looking for Cassius? Because these robberies in my network are still going on and a good friend of mine got hit. And, well... I'm going to make damn sure Cassius isn't walking around anymore. Hmm. Well, that's actually something that would be almost a favor for me. But I, I, I do have to ask, aren't you supposed to be protecting Dinah right now? Things are a little complicated. Hmm. Well, I do hope for your sake that Dinah will be able to take care of herself. There are powers in play that seem to want her. I am very aware of that. Alistair, could you perhaps give me Cassius's address, please? To Warden Silk? I do believe Jeremiah would like to off him. I don't exactly believe that's in my best interest. Hmm. Did you and Cassius have your own deal, then? We've done business. I'm going to go ahead and put Jeremiah on speaker. Jeremiah, so Alistair does know where Cassius is, but he doesn't seem to be forthcoming. Alistair. Oh, hello. I have been informed in no uncertain terms that in the next hour, I need to get you some fucking ashes of a saint so you can do something very important. 
if you do not tell me where this asshole is, I assume Alex will come back and eat you. <laughs> do you have a debt on Alex? I could call it my debt on Alistair. Oh, it's just because there is a, I, I guess just drop someone's name, only work on NPCs. Never mind. Forget that. Just as an OOC thing real quick, I remember I was helping Cassius interrogate a vampire. What was the end result of that? Or am I still in the middle of that? You are still in the middle of that. I would need to review on why exactly that deal came about, to be completely honest. Yeah, same. I think that was you getting some information. I'd have to double check. I was doing that for the country club membership, wasn't I? For Finn? Or am I thinking of something completely different? No, Finn already gave you the country club membership. I would really have to go re-listen to that conversation with Cassius. But there is some information you want on Eric Zarn that Jeremiah could probably give you. That's a good point. Speaking of offing assholes, you tell me where I can find Eric Zarn and I will pony up the information on Cassius. Jeremiah's torn. He is dealing with Eric Zarn, but, you know, don't let annoying wizards know about internal politics in the network. <laughs> But somebody else killing Zarn might be... Might be. Keeps your hands nice and clean. Yeah, but Jeremiah has like a big dramatic coup plan. <laughs> and he needs Zarn alive. So that he can take out a lot of frustration on him. That's fair. I, un I understand taking vengeance with your own two hands. It's, it's cathartic. I mean... Not to get too metal with it, but you can always just tell Alistair not to kill him. Alistair, at this point, just needs to know where he's at so he can figure some stuff out. I'm gonna call in a debt on Alistair. Alistair. Some shit went down in the... wherever it was, the Mercier Tower. And if I remember correctly, I was there at a very convenient time to get you and Alex away from it all. And you didn't look particularly good coming out of it. So how about we call it even on that and you tell me where Cassius is? I was under the impression that you wanted Zarn dead. Don't get me wrong. I do. But I want him dead. I don't need other people to do that for me. Only I am allowed to kill Zarn. Internal business. Not for you to get involved with. What if I were to say that I won't kill him? I just need some vital information that quite honestly will get me out of your hair. And Alistair, I think, is going to try to refuse that debt. He doesn't want to give up that information so freely. All right, go ahead and roll with heart to refuse to honor a debt. Ooh, that's a three. That is a three. On a miss, you can't avoid the noose. You either honor your debt or face the consequences. They pick two from the list above or force you to lose all the debts owed to you. So are you going to honor the debt or are you going to face the consequences of not doing it? All right. You have a point, a life for a life, I suppose. And I will fork over Cassius's 
address, or at least the place that I found him. Yeah, I think I found him at his house, didn't I? Yeah, you found him at his house. Yeah, I'll tell Jeremiah where to find him. This hurts me as a player, but... <laughs> Thank you. Just don't kill Zarn until I can ask him some questions. Sure. You have until brunch. Once my thing's done, you can ask him all the questions you want. That's all I ask. Jeremiah will hang up the phone. Reasonable. Well, that was a lovely conversation. As much as one can expect from Jeremiah. All right, so Jeremiah is headed off to Cassius's. Yep. Victor, you are heading to your aunt and your uncle's. Yes. Dimitri and Cynthia. So I pull up my beat-up Camry and park it on the street and uh, walk up to the door and give it a couple of knocks. Should this be a roll? Is this a uh, hit the streets? I don't know. If I, I don't need anything. Or I guess I do. I need, need my aunt more or less alone. I don't know. Doesn't quite feel right. Yeah, it seems like you're just making a house call to me. Yeah. Maybe you're going to end up doing a figure someone out or something like that, but she's a stay-at-home mom. Right. So it's reasonable that she's home when you go knock on the door. <laughs> at like 10 o'clock, yeah. Do I know anyone that has connections to the Rosenberg family? I use specifically an easy way to come. Yeah, Alex does. Okie doke. True. <laughs> the connection is the dagger in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> the literal dagger. But they're friendly now. It's fine. The dagger has a little smiley face on it. It does. Um, but he could find Anna pretty easily, I'm sure. All he needs to do is look over his shoulder. So you get to your aunt and uncle's house. They have a decently sized house since they do have many children. I think they have five kids. You have five cousins on that side. God, that sounds exhausting. Oh, sorry, four kids. Oh, that's much more reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of which I have bothered to name. Anyways, you knock on the door, and it's still during the school day, so mm -hmm. Cynthia is the only one that's home right now. You can hear her, like, approach the door, and we get that little shot of her. There's the glass pane next to the door that has like a little curtain or something on it. And she moves the curtain and sees that it's you. We hear the door unlock and she opens the door and... Hey, auntie. Oh, Victor, it's lovely to see you. Come on in. Victor wipes his feet on the welcome mat and walks into the house. Yeah, she, she keeps a nice house. It's lived in. Right. She has four kids. I'm sure they're involved in sports. There's field hockey sticks in the entryway. But, you know, it's still a nice house. And she invites you in and, oh, do you want anything to drink? We can go sit at the kitchen table. That sounds great, honestly. Whatever you're having, I'll have one. She pours you a glass of orange juice. Fantastic. Uh, so what do I owe the house call for? It's not common for you to see me. Yeah, well, I ran into somebody. Why am I Southern? I ran into somebody uh, a few days ago. Axel? Did he say that he was her brother? Pfft, ooh, something. 
He definitely said something. Yeah, I think brother. Okay. I think that was it. Oh, she just pauses. She's not really sure what to say because you have never heard her talk about her family situation before marrying your uncle. Right. Now, this ain't a thing if you don't want it to be, but he sent me with a letter for you. If you want it, I can hand it over. I ain't read it or nothing. But if you don't want it, you don't want to deal with him. That's totally cool. I'll just let him know that. But if you do want it, I'll keep it hush if that's something you need as well. I put it in a Ziploc baggie because it was just on a napkin. And I tend to get drenched in blood. And I slide it over to her. Oh, that was so considerate. Yeah, she looks at it a little unsure. But she goes ahead and takes it and god i don't want to make her go full housewife but i'm feeling like apron pocket <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah totally fuck yeah and puts it in her apron pocket without really looking at it thank you yeah did he say anything to you he said that he hadn't been able to contact you and i figured it was some werewolf pack politics stuff i don't know I just want to empower you to be able to make the choices you want to be making. She nods a little bit. She's very much wears her emotions on her face, so you can tell that there's some concern there. Yeah. But she nods and, well, thank you for bringing this to me. Please don't tell Dimitri or Ileana or anyone, really. Tell them what? I drink some orange juice. Ain't none of my business. How are the kids doing? School going all right? Yeah, school's going good. Nicholas has gotten in a couple of fights lately. I think he has a boyfriend or something, but he doesn't want to talk to any of us about it. So, you know, we we let it go. Yeah. All right. Let me know if I can uh, show him how to get in a fight proper. (laughs) Not proper proper, but you know what I mean. Not get hurt. Yeah, I know what you mean. And thanks for this. Let me know if there's ever anything I can do for you, okay? Of course, Ani. All right. I got to get back out there. You have a good day. You too, Victor. He finishes his orange juice. You definitely have a debt on her for delivering that. And on Axel, if you didn't already get one on Axel. I didn't have one on Axel. It was contingent on me actually getting this to her. Okay, then yeah. I would say you have debts on both of them. And, you know, you're just casually upsetting the balance of werewolf politics. Don't worry about that. That's nothing to be concerned about. It'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> people should be able to fucking talk to their goddamn family. No, Oh, no, I, I agree. A hundred percent. It's just. Excuse you, our MC was raised Catholic. There is no <laughs> talking to their family. <laughs> I find it funny that. Victor created this very, like, nice family situation. And I'm like, how can I ruin this? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, like, it's fucking werewolves. So they've got to have bad family dynamics. It's <laughs> essential to werewolf fiction. <laughs> werewolves aren't allowed to have happy lives. He waves goodbye and uh, walks back out to his Camry. And he's going to call Astrid, his mom. The one who isn't a werewolf. 
just a fortune teller involved in a very sketchy organization that involves child sacrifice. I look down at Cass's notebook on my passenger side seat. Hey, Mom, you got a minute to talk about something? Yeah, sure. What's up, son? Can I swing by? I don't think it should be over the phone. Yeah, well, you know, Ileana's at work. All right, I'll be there soon. And then I hang up and drive over. And I think that's a good place to cut for me. Yep. Alistair, what are you up to in all of this? Are you just, like, doing prep or... I mean, mostly doing prep. He's been left there with Cass and Silk, one of which he definitely gets the feeling does not enjoy being in his presence. I think he's sort of working to himself and thinking about the information he's gotten recently, trying to figure out a plan to get in touch with Anna Rosenberg or the Fleur's Watch. He's just kind of mulling things over right now. Very uncharacteristically quiet for Alistair. I mean, you definitely, just as a reminder, since you do have the membership ban, you could literally just waltz up to the church and be like, yo, what up? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's more of a matter of finding the time to, because he promised Alex that he's going to do this ritual, so... He's going to do that probably later today if he's got a chance to, but I don't think he's doing a whole lot just yet. Not to completely fuck over any forward momentum. No, it's fine because as you're working on this setup, kind of mulling that all over, your phone starts ringing. Of course it does. Of course it does. You're not allowed to just not do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Who might be giving me a call? It is Julia. Your boyfriend, maybe. <laughs> Your it's complicated. Your it's complicated with a broken arm. <laughs> Shit, his arm is broken right now. Oh yeah, and he he just didn't care. That ruined all the fun for Victor. Alistair slides the answer thing and just says, Hello. One, sorry that I disappeared on you while you were in hell, I think. Can I drop by? I have your membership card. Well, things are a little bit busy here at Casa de Lockwood, but if you don't mind a bit of light chaos, I suppose I wouldn't mind seeing you. All right, I'll be over soon. Looking forward to it. By the way, do you happen to know how I could get in touch with the Rosenberg family? I don't personally know, but I might be able to find out for you. If you could, that would be ever so helpful. Sure, I'll I'll look into that for you, but, I mean, you know how this works. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Yes, yes, I'll scratch whatever it is that you ask. Hot. You can feel the look over the phone. Though I do believe I've still got the scratches on my back, I suppose I will continue scratching. One of us will eventually be all scratched out, though, I'm sure. Right. Well, anyways, I'll drop by with the membership card first, and then I'll see what I can find out about the Rosenbergs for you. Thank you very much. 
watch, and Alistair hangs up the phone. So there's nothing else you want out of your scene besides the fact that your boyfriend's going to drop in. And yeah, you definitely don't need to be worried about the fact that you've Jew's body right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, as a player, forgot that. Alistair, as a character, would probably not have done that. In character, Alistair's just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Dead body on the table. Let's invite my booty call around. Alistair closes the phone call and slides it into his pocket and looks over at Silk and says, Do you think you could do something with that body there? Uh, something to hide it? I attempted to buy myself a couple extra minutes of time, but I don't think it quite worked out the way I'd like for it to. Well, I could make it disappear, but why would I do that? What do you want, Silk? Well, that's a difficult question to answer, but for now, would you happen to know of any oracles? Do I happen to know of any oracles? You. Something or someone that Alistair would know? I literally had him sitting on a couch while a crazy drugged-out oracle looked around my apartment. Okay, so you do know the drugged-out oracle, but you also probably know somebody a bit more reputable. <laughs> yeah. From family connections, we can make somebody up. Oh, Isabel Lane's an oracle, y'all. Yes, I do believe I know of one that I could put you in contact with. Let's see. I'm trying to, as a player, can I have a reason for me to mark power? I mean, you situation going on with your mom and your aunt, you know, might be worth looking into at some point. Yep, that's what I, I want an oracle for. I do believe I have a debt on Alistair, and I would like to, assuming Alistair knows an oracle that he might have a debt on with a hit the streets, my goal would be to get that debt transferred over to me. Alistair doesn't have debts on anybody. People have debts on Alistair. Well, we don't know. Maybe Alistair has a old boyfriend that... Yeah, probably not. Can I hit the streets to see if Alistair has a friend? <laughs> Just, like, literally one. I so want that roll to fail. <laughs> okay. We are playing Urban Shadows. You can literally just tell me that, yeah, Alistair knows this person and they happen to be an oracle and that's fine. But also, cashing in a debt on Alistair anyways will get you your power advancement. Cashing in a debt mm -hmm. counts as an action move. Yeah, but I want to get something out of it. But also you could, if Alistair gives you a name, go hit the streets with that person and that would also get you that. Yeah, I guess I could do that. Yeah, so let's just hit the streets then. Assuming Alistair can name someone, I will go hit the streets for them. Okay, so are you cashing in the debt on Alistair? No. The hit the streets should work for my purposes. Gotcha. You'll hide the body in exchange for this. Got it. I will hang around and glamour up the body and make it look less like a body. Alistair says, yes, uh, his name is Elijah. He lives 
just a couple of blocks over, actually, and if you go to see him, please tell him that he still has my necklace. I will make sure to do that. Where is Jew's body? Is it, like, just on a table somewhere or sitting on a chair? Sure. Okay, so I think I'm going to glamour up that body into a suit of armor, something that looks like it should fit in the Lockwood Manor, even if it's rather gaudy. So it fits in the Lockwood Manor. Yep. Because it's rather gaudy. (laughs) And that does mean I have to use fairy magic, and I will mark corruption for that because I want more corruption moves. Okay. So that's all I need for now. All right, Alex, you were doing things. Yeah, he's basically going to the last place that Jeremiah saw Dino, which was Jeremiah's apartment, to poke around the place a little bit. All right. Jeremiah, did Alex somehow end up on the list? Because we've established that you live in a pretty secure building, actually. I don't think we've established it, but I'm going to say yes, Alex is on the list of approved visitors. Okay. So, Alex, you are able to get in to where Jeremiah's apartment is. She just break in. (laughs) Well, that's actually the first thing that I was going to ask, because we know Diana got abducted. Is it already broken into? It's not. It's not. Then absolutely yes. (laughs) I am going to knock first, though, just in case. Well, we've already established that Jeremiah left, so nobody answers the knock. And I feel like breaking into an apartment is just something Alex could probably do. Yeah, it's that same move that he pulls back at the church where he just, like, grabs the doorknob and just pulls it right off. It's a doorknob. It's not going to stand up to him. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So you grab the doorknob, you pull it off, the door swings open, and the apartment looks pristine. Last you saw Jeremiah's apartment had been like broken into and ransacked and stuff. Nope. It looks perfect. Cool. What I am hoping to do here is investigate this here place of power to maybe get at the truth of what happened here to maybe figure out where Missander took Dinah. If that works. Go ahead and investigate a place with power. I think you need to roll with mortality since this is mm-hmm. Jeremiah's apartment. Yep. And here I am, trusting my fate to dice one more time. I am, once again, asking you to fail over. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's a six. <laughs> oh. So I think I've only got like five more fails to go before I hit a success, so. <laughs> what happens on this failure? Jeremiah does have a bomb rigged up. Whether or not he did a good job is open for interpretation. The low-hanging fruit. All right, fair. You, you do you. Alex, you're kind of struggling to figure out what happened here because it doesn't look like anybody was abducted. The potted plant is back up, and there's not even traces of dirt on the floor. You notice an out-of-place black door. Oh, good. That's good. Next to Jeremiah's office door. That wasn't here last time you were in here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone gets to use the door. Oh, I definitely don't know anything about this door. 
You should just open it and see where it goes. Totally. Come join me in Silent Hill, Jeremy. <laughs> Are you even in Silent Hill? Maybe. Alex just found your perfectly fine-looking apartment. That hasn't been firebombed. Yeah, because this is new. I think... Oh, jeez. Uh, well, let's fail forward. So I think... Yeah, Alex is going to see this door, and sure, maybe this is some sort of... Because this is the only thing that's out of place, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's do what you do when faced with a mysterious spooky door, and let's just open that thing up. What's on the other side of the door for Alex? Alex, what is something that you would find tempting? I mean, at this exact point in time, it would be Dinah, because... Alex is very single-minded, and getting Dinah gets to the point where he helps Cass, which is his ultimate goal right now. All right, you open the door, and it opens into... It's a cinder block room that's very reminiscent of where Cass had been kept. And instead of it being Cass tied to a chair, it's Dinah tied to a chair. Well, that's convenient. I see no reason to question this at all. Sure. Yeah, no reason to question it. Yeah, I'm just going to go on through. So when you step through the door, it closes behind you and seems to just disappear. Dida has a very rudimentary gag made out of like a bandana tied around her mouth. And she looks, she looks scared, but not as scared as you would expect a human to be in this situation, basically. Well, given that I know that she's uh, involved with Jeremiah and the kind of shit that Jeremiah gets into, that's not super surprising. So I think Alex is just going to head over and, uh, you know, remove that bandana gag. Hello, Miss Simmons. I don't think we've properly been introduced. <coughs> yeah, I know who you are. Ah, well, that will make this quite easy then. Is there a door in this room? There is a staircase that goes up to a door. It's like very clearly you're in a basement. I assume she's restrained somehow. Oh, yeah. It's all pretty basic. And you can tell that she had been working on getting it undone. It's just you will not have an issue getting it undone because of the position her arms were in and stuff. She was struggling a little bit. So Alex is going to, you know, move around to, you know, release her from these restraints. So. We're going to walk out of here. I would appreciate if you would try and stay more or less behind me. You do not have to ask me twice, Mr. Jerome. Wonderful. And Alex is just going to head for the staircase. Going to roll with it. So as we get that shot of Alex going up the staircase, we're going to go check back in with Jeremiah, who's showing up at Cassius's fancy lakeside cabin. All right, so Jeremiah is going to park his car a decent ways away from the house, grab one of the shotguns, and sneak his way into the house. Ooh, sneaking. How do we sneak in this game? That is a good question. Keep your cool to avoid being found? Yeah, I would agree. Go ahead and roll to keep your cool. Know where I'm gonna put my advance later. It's gonna be upping my spirit. That's a partial success. So, what's your goal? Are you trying to get the jump on Cassius? Are you trying to rob Cassius? Like, what's the goal here? I think my goal is to get the jump on Cassius and find sharp teeth's items. Well, 
get him to tell me where Shark Teeth's items are. You can do this, but the path and the way to get in is a little precarious. Like, you're going to get scratched up some. You might bang in the ear, too. You're going to take a harm in the process of your sneaking. That is okay. Sure, I won't need it later. But yeah, Cassius is sitting out on his back deck, enjoying the view of the lake. This part of St. Fleur is always picturesque because the Fae maintain it. So (laughs) the weather is always beautiful. Even though it's cold outside, it's pretty warm up around where he is. So, you know, he's just hanging out. And you recognize him because you met him when he was shaking down sharp teeth two days ago. All right. Uh, Jeremiah is going to maintain some distance just so that, like, oh, he can't do any, like, close-range bullshittery and get the gun away from him. He's got a long field of sight, and he can just pull the trigger and blast him away. He's going to call over to Cassius, turn around slowly. He does, and you see that glimmer of recognition in his face, but he doesn't immediately say anything. Just kind of has his hands up a little bit, like showing, hey, I'm not holding on to anything. A good friend of mine was robbed, and I have it on good authority that some of his items might have come into your possession. Sharp teeth, if you remember him. Well, of course I remember him. I make it a point to keep track of the Fae in the city, but no, I don't have any of his items. Theft is frowned upon by the Fae. I would like to persuade him of threats of violence. Yeah, go ahead and, you know, make some threatening sound with that shotgun. Here's how this can work. I don't want to have to pull this trigger, as that's going to complicate my day a lot. And I believe we can enter into a mutually agreeable exchange of information. Now, I assume you've been contacted by a person wanting to sell us some of Sharp Teeth's items. Maybe they've set up a meet, I don't know. Or maybe you also know someone who is interested in Sharp Teeth's items, and you can point me in the right direction. And if I think the information checks out, I don't have to pull this trigger. And we can both go our separate ways and never see each other again. Does that sound agreeable? Are you trying to just get Sharp Teeth's items, or are you trying to, like, what's your end goal of this persuade exactly? My end goal is to either A, get Sharp Teeth's items if he has them, or B, if he doesn't have them, get a lead on where they might be. Okay. And that was a 14. Cassius just kind of like nods a little bit and, well, I don't exactly enjoy getting shot today and I have more important things to deal with than those trash, really. But I have been contacted by the person who does have his items. I think she's working out of a warehouse over in Warwick right now, somewhere that was recently vacated. I can give you the address. Some mage. I don't know. I don't remember human names. The address will be fine. He tells you the address. It's the warehouse that you all forced the brigade Mm -hmm. out of, of course. 
Yeah, I was kind of figuring that. Alright, cool. Thank you. I really hope we don't have to see each other ever again. Hmm. The feeling's mutual. Jeremiah will back away, keeping the shotgun trained on Cassius. Well, he's a safe distance away, but make a break for his car. And uh, head on over to the Brigade's old warehouse. All right. Let's head back over to Victor, and I think that'll be our last scene for this episode before we take a quick break and then onwards and forwards. The next one, Victor, you're going to go see your mom. That's the plan. I mean, she's expecting you, so she's home. <laughs> I think what Victor is going to do is he's going to spread out that evidence from Cass's notebook just out on the table. The descriptions of what both Leon and the other children that have been abducted and tortured and or sacrificed somehow. And then he's going to say, Mom, did you know about this? Roll to pierce the mask. Actually, I would love to spend the debt I have on her to make her answer a question truthfully. Nice. Yeah, that... Oof. This is a hard question. But yeah, you, you got that debt, so she's got to answer. She shifts a little bit, clearly uncomfortable in her seat. I'm aware. Feel free to ask follow-up questions. This. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, like, I'd like this to be a bit more of a conversation than her just being like, here's everything. And you're okay with this? Sometimes sacrifices have to be made. And what we, and she kind of like gestures like this is like a citywide we, get out of it is protection, stability, prosperity. It's many people thrive thanks to what takes place there. Victor is shaking his head through this. That's not okay. This is not acceptable. It being better for some people is not a reason to fuck up the lives of children. What the hell, Mom? I, I know you wouldn't do this if there wasn't some other way. Convince me that there is nothing else that could have been done. That it's worth it. Please, convince me. Should I roll to figure someone out now? Yeah, go ahead and roll to figure someone out. Yeah. <laughs> that is an eight. All right, so on a hit, hold two. On a seven to nine, they hold one on you as well. She is part of the power faction, so not okay. the same faction. Okay, while you're interacting with them, spend your hold one for one to ask their player, or in this case, the MC, a question. So this is really like, what does your character worry might happen? I feel like that it kind of falls under that. Right. What does she worry might happen if we were to not do this horrible thing? Right. Mm -hmm. So she kind of sighs a little bit, and I'm imagining this is another kitchen table conversation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Stands up and crosses over into the kitchen. She gets a metal mixing bowl. And fills it with water from the tap. 
and then steps back over to the table, sitting back down, setting the bowl between the two of you. And she runs her finger lightly along the edge of the bowl. And it makes that tone that when people make wine glasses sing, it makes that sort of tone. Mm -hmm. And the water like vibrates and shifts for a minute. And then images start to like form on the water Mm -hmm. of St. Fleur back when it was Goose Point, basically, and the establishment of St. Fleur. The city itself is very precariously located. Not every major city in North America has this large of a supernatural presence, and a large part of that has to do with the location and the confluence of all of the energies that converge here. Mabel was aware of what would happen if that power went unchecked and unfunneled and unfocused. It would tear the entire peninsula apart. You like see as she's talking about this that the images shift of a world where this wasn't taking place. And basically the city never takes off. It really descends into chaos for lack of a better way to put it. All of the original founders die. Something shadowy comes up from the lake. There's like a lot of different ways that this goes really bad. But basically, there's a lot of loss of life. Mm -hmm. If we were to allow it to go unchecked now, I mean, I don't agree with her decision that she made back then. They could have relocated for whatever reason they didn't. But if we allow it to go unchecked now, then... I mean, almost a million people live here. That's a million people who could either die or have their lives viciously destroyed if we don't maintain the status quo and continue to manage and funnel and focus these energies in a way that allows people to thrive here. Is there anything else we could do? I'll help you do anything else. Can we get adults to do this? Can we do something? How can I get your character to, as Fleur, change this structure? I'm totally understand if the answer is add nothing, really. As far as I know, Victor, there's not another way, but that doesn't mean there isn't. I'm willing to look further with you and try to figure something out, but you have to be prepared that if it is what it is, it is what it is. Basically, she doesn't know. Maybe there's more as far as she knows and as much research as she's done, provided we're in kind of a situation where a lot of her research is based upon materials that are available to her through Fuller's watch. She doesn't know anything, but she's not going to say that it's completely outside the realm of possibility that there's a better way to handle this. But there might not be. Uh, does she get a question? She does. How did you come across this anyways? What led you here? Basically, who's pulling your character's strings? Do you know Cassandra DeWitt? The name sounds familiar, but not personally, no. 
She's one of the kids that came through this program. She's the person who's been killing people around the city, trying to get answers and revenge, I presume. This is her notebook. Victor picks up the pieces of it that he's laid out and puts it back together and tucks it under his arm. Mom, I love you, but I cannot help you do this shit. I gotta go. And Victor moves to leave. We get that shot of Victor leaving, and we stay a moment with Astrid sitting at the kitchen table, looking at the bowl of water in front of her that has gone still. And she reaches into her pocket and pulls out her phone and sends a text to someone that says, she's been located. We're looking for Castawit. That's where we're going to end this episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, tweet us at St. Fleur Pod and let us know your thoughts. Shadows of St. Fleur is an Urban Shadows actual play podcast in seed by Landon Corbin. You can find him on Twitter at OccasionalGM. This episode was edited by Bree. She can be found on Twitter at PseudonymSocial. Additional editing and production for this episode was completed by Elliot, who can be found on Twitter at PodcasterElliot. Alistair is voiced and played by Elliot. You can find him on Twitter at Podcaster Elliot. Alex is voiced and played by Jeremy. You can find him on Twitter at TayuFace. Silk is voiced and played by Eric. You can find him on Twitter at PrimeFactorX01. Victor is voiced and played by Evan. You can find him on Twitter at Nyquist underscore JE. And finally, Jeremiah is voiced and played by Allison. Urban Shadows is a Powered by the Apocalypse tabletop role-playing game written, designed, and developed by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz Truman. It is published by Magpie Games, who you can find at magpiegames.com or on Twitter at MagpieOfficial. Farewell, dear listener. We hope you enjoyed your visit to St. Fleur. <laughs>